Most of the United States was stuck in a cold, snowy, dangerous weather over the last week or more. And what that led to is some cabin fever dogs. So how do we work on that? What can we do when the weather is not ideal to help our dogs keep their sanity? Well, let's talk about that next. Alright, let's get this week's episode going. Hey everybody, my name is Jake. I'm from On Dog Training Academy. We are an online dog training business. We do one-on-one coaching. We have a course out called Welcome Home. It's to give you guys that head start you need with your new edition. And if you got one over Christmas, hey, this is a good time to probably get that course. Check it out on dogtrainingacademy.com. <clears throat> what we're going to talk about today is, and you might say, well, this is too little too late, right? But it's not, because you know what? As I'm recording this, and if it's a spoiler, it's a spoiler. I'm recording this before, obviously, Thursdays when we do launch this. It is December 28th. We just got through some really nasty, nasty weather where we live, and we weren't able to have the dogs out, and we weren't able to do a whole lot with them outside where they were used to being able to run around, play, and have fun. And so that's what kind of led me to this episode. And again, maybe you'll say this is too little too late, but December 28th, look, we, where I'm from, we have at least another two months of potential horrible, terrible, just rotten weather that could, again, impact us. But that being said, even if you don't live in a cold climate, you know, let's say you live in Texas, well, I was going to say Texas, but they just got dealt with a whole bunch of stuff as well. But let's say you live in Texas, let's say you live in Arizona, let's say you live in California, or you live outside the United States, you live somewhere where... Maybe you don't get the snow and cold like we do, but you deal with the heat. To me, cold and heat, there's not much of a difference when it comes to, hey, can my dog be out there or not? If it's too hot, you can't have your dog out there. They get heat stroke too fast. They burn out too fast. It can hurt their feet if they're on uh, hard pavement. And if it's too cold, same thing, hurt their feet if they're on hard payment, but then their feet get frozen, they could run the risk of frostbite. So really, whether it's hot or cold, this episode's going to be for everybody just because we're going to talk about cabin fever. People get it, and you know what? Your dogs get it too, possibly even worse than us, because you know what? We can do a lot to entertain ourselves. Dogs, not so much without our help. So let's first talk about what cabin fever is. I'm sure you all know cabin fever is, you know, you've been you've been locked up in this house for too long, you're not able to get outside, you're not you're not able to go exercise, enjoy, go to the gym, do whatever it is, and you're just feeling restless. You need to get out, but because of the weather or other things, you're just not able to get out and do it. Well, with dogs, that's the same thing. When this weather, we had <clears throat> so so we're in Minnesota and we just got dealt with 40 plus mile an hour winds, wind chills 30 to 40 below, and snow before that, and like a foot of snow even well before that, and it's just been hard. It's been hard on the dogs, hard on us, but you can see it with the dogs. They can't be outside because as soon as they go outside, they barely have enough time to go pee or poop or both before their feet start to hurt, and you see them just scrambling. As soon as they get done, they want to come right back in the house. And 
you know, typically, especially for us with our training dogs, typically we're giving them 10, 15, 20 minutes, if not more at a time to just run around, play, have fun, burn that energy off. And without getting that, that's when that restlessness starts to kick in. So you'll see dogs that are restless. They, they don't seem to be able to relax. So, you know, you'll see a dog lay down, then they get up and sniff around. And then they may grab a toy and chew on it for a second. Then they drop that and go do something else. It's like they just can't settle. You might see a dog who's getting more destructive. Oh, my dog never chewed on the couch and suddenly now they're trying to rip it apart. You might have a dog who's bugging you more, jumping on you more, almost doing a lot of like attention-seeking behaviors. You know, you'll see a lot of that. You might actually see uh, um, excess chewing, licking of their feet. Uh, sometimes, I, I don't like the term, but it's kind of like self-mutilation where they're, they're bored. So they start to like chew on their feet. They chew on their nails. They chew on spots on their body. They obsess. They get a little OCD because you know what? They just have all this pent-up energy that they need to get rid of. And it's just kind of focusing in the wrong areas. You might see behaviors pop up that you've either haven't seen in a long time or maybe haven't seen at all where the dog's wanting to play keep away. The dog's getting a little bit more reactive to you, not as willing to work with you. These are all signs that, you know what, maybe my dog has too much energy. And while I'm talking about cabin fever, I know I mentioned before about, well, you know, the the weather, it's too hot, too cold. Honestly, though, you know, Christmas just went past. The holidays are going by. We're out doing family stuff. Dogs maybe aren't able to just be out as much in general. It doesn't matter what the weather is. Maybe your your schedule at work just got so busy that week that the dog has just spent more time in their kennel than normal. So it doesn't even have to be weather. It can be just your situation. And so I don't want you to think, well, you know, it's only weather related. It's absolutely not. Not for your dogs. And so we need to start talking about, well, what can we do? You know sometimes people go, well, you know what? I'm going to be gone for a long time. My dog's going to have to spend a lot of time in their kennel. So instead of kenneling them, I'm just going to let them be loose because I just feel really bad that they're going to be locked away for so long. I will tell you, unless your dog's one of those dogs that is 100% trustworthy, which is kind of, I don't want to say rare, but it's not as many dogs as sometimes people think, I think that's a bad idea. Because remember, cabin fever whether the dog's in a kennel or allowed to be loose, they're still not really getting a lot of energy outlet. If you ever put a camera out and you let your dog be loose in the house, watch what they do. They lay down, they sleep, they chew on a bone. These are things they do in their kennel as well. When you lock them up is they'll lay down, they'll chew on a bone. You know, it's not like they're going to run around, get a bunch of exercise. And when you come home, they're just like, well, I had quite the day. I ran around the house, you know, I was doing some up downs, you know, I, I chewed on a bone. I, I, they're not going to be like, now I'm tired and just want to relax. No, they're going to lay down and just sleep. You're not there to entertain them. And so a lot of dogs just go, okay, well, cool. <clears throat> I'm just going to sleep. And, and when you get home, then we'll, we'll maybe do something. So, so keep that in mind. Like, I don't think letting your dog have more freedom during those times is a good idea. I think it's actually more dangerous. You'll have those destructive behaviors. And, and with a kennel, at the very least, you're keeping your dog contained so they cannot do those things because you know the chewing on your couch yeah it's it's it sucks but it really sucks when the dog eats a bunch of the polyfill or whatever that's in your couch and gets an obstruction and needs that surgery this is definitely something i've mentioned before in past podcasts this is a big deal this is an expensive surgery and i don't want that to be put on you guys so let's just keep them safe keep them kenneled what can you do though what can you do to help your dog 
Well, the first thing is, is plan ahead. So if I know, and, and I know we always, we can't always do this, but if I know, hey, we're going to have um, some time where the dogs are going to be spending more time in their kennel. So uh, like, well, let's say New Year's, let's say New Year's, something's going to go on and, and you know, you won't be home. Well, what can you do ahead of time to kind of keep the dog happy, keep the dog, you know, keep cabin fever away? Exercise, do something with them more. So like if, if, if we're going to have longer days, if I have a bunch of stuff I got to do and the dogs aren't just not going to be able to be out as much, then when I am able to have them out, I try to do longer periods of out time or I try to do more like exercise, playing fetch, letting them run and play and roll and do all this stuff. I change the schedule a little bit on them so they can get more energy outlet. Remember, dogs only need about an hour of good exercise a day to be satisfied. You might disagree, but I'm talking running, jerking, like juking around, all these different things. Get that good muscle exercise and your dog will be happy for it. So I try to plan ahead. If you can plan ahead and and if you're if you have a dog that's a good candidate for this, if you have a, an area you can bring your dog to, um, doggy daycares. I don't always recommend doggy daycares, but in this situation, if you have a dog that can do well in it, this would be one of those times where you're like, you know what? Let's send them to doggy day- daycare twice a week or three times a week instead of that once a week we normally do, because it's going to be some tough times coming up where he's going to have to be put more. Or if it's super cold out and you're still able to safely drive or too hot out, Maybe going to that doggy daycare a little extra is what's going to get that energy out that they just aren't usually able to get out or aren't usually having to deal with because they can get it out at home or you take them for walks or whatever. Um, So just kind of think about that. Plan ahead. Be like, how can I do this? Now, I will say, you know, I, I do a lot of, even though I have my own opinions on things, and obviously if you've listened to me for any stretch of time now, you can probably heard me say a lot of my own opinions on stuff and I'm going to probably say some more today. I do a lot of research as well on topics that I'm going to be talking about because I want to make sure that I'm well-rounded or as well-rounded as I can be understanding kind of what other people might be saying about stuff. And and obviously, I, I don't ever think I know everything. Contrary to what some of my friends sometimes tell me, I I am not a know-it-all. Well, whatever. Um, so I do a lot of research and, you know, I've, I look at a lot, I read a bunch of different articles and there's a lot of things about interactive toys. So you got Kong wobblers, you got these puzzle games, you've got all these things. And you know what? I think they're great. I absolutely think they're great. And they are something that you can add to your toolbox to aid you in keeping cabin fever at bay. But I don't want you to be buying stuff, these interactive toys, and be like, this is going to replace the exercise. This is going to do it for me because it won't. You're going to have to still be involved in, to some degree. This is why I said plan ahead. Plan ahead because you know what? Maybe if you wake up that an hour earlier in the morning and spend that time playing with your dog, exercising, whatever, that's going to be what does it to keep cabin fever away. Anyways, so, you know, there's interactive, there's there's um, dispensers, food dispensers, different things like that, that work fine. You know, I don't, I don't mind them. Um, and you can make your own little games, you can you do things like that. Uh, I don't mind them. But I, I want you to, to really think about that, that as just one piece of, of many different things. Um, 
freezing, taking Kongs and freezing peanut butter, freezing if you feel like we feed raw food. So we could take a little bit of the raw food or take some peanut butter or, or whatever and throw some kibble and mix it together and put it in a Kong, freeze it, giving your dog more time or more more work to get that stuff out. That's all fine. Um, what I really like to do when it comes to cabin fever or working inside with my dog is I'm going to try as best I can to work on A, their body, and B, their brain. You might say, well, puzzle games do that. They do. They do do that. Um, but I'm going to try and do it <clears throat> a little different. Instead of, if my dog's saying, hey, I'm bored, I want to do something, I'm going to go, all right, you know what? Let's work on some skills. And it doesn't mean, okay, well, we're going to do sits and downs and stays. Maybe you want to go and work on something new and fun. And you want to teach them, oh, go on your bed, lay down and stay. Or you teach them, you know, like with Luda, I'm pretty sure a lot of his quote-unquote tricks uh, of getting the remote or fetching us the blanket or or putting things in the recycling bin, that came from times where we just really couldn't get outside as much as we wanted to. And we're like, you know what? We're going to work your brain, but we're going to work your brain in a different way. We're going to really teach you some new useful things. And that's the key in my opinion is, yeah, these brain games, it holds the dog off for now. But you know what? In my opinion, if I can take that time and I can say, you know, we're going to we're going to teach you a new trick. And, and when I say trick, I don't mean shake or roll over or any of that stuff. I'm not a huge fan of those. And I really don't teach those commands to dogs until they have a really solid foundation of training. And that to me is typically no earlier than a year old. Uh, I don't like dogs. I don't say I don't like dogs. I just don't like to teach dogs uh, those style of tricks. I'll teach tricks that I find more useful. Like I mentioned, putting recycling away, getting a remote, getting a blanket. Uh, Jenny taught Luda how to uh, grab a tissue from the tissue container and bring it to her. It might be a little bit soggy, but he brings it and it's it's still useful and fun. And the reason we do that is because when you teach them and you work that brain and you're like, we're going to teach you a bunch of new things, what that does is that sets you up for the future for cabin feverish or for cabin fever keeping it away. That sets you up for the future, meaning you're incorporating your dog into more life things. So every day for Luda, when we go to feed him, he has to go get his bowl. It's a metal bowl and it's heavy, but he does it. He grabs the bowl, he brings it to us, he gives it to us. And then he gets the remote control for us and all this other stuff. And what's really nice is him having a job, having jobs that aren't weather dependent, keeps his brain busy. If if he's only like, yeah, I go out in the yard and play, and then I come inside and we don't, I don't really do anything, and I'm just a dog hanging out. Which, if that's what you want, that's cool. But by teaching these other tricks, you can just say, well, you know what, you know, yes, it's cold outside, but you're gonna get enough work inside by doing these other skills that it's not going to be as big of a deal. Now, let's say you can't go outside, but your dog really needs that physical activity because what we just dealt with here in the Midwest is we had, oh, was it three or four days minimum that we literally really couldn't go outside. Uh, It was so cold, so windy. There was a blizzard, all that stuff. We just couldn't go outside. And people from the South who are dealing with the really bad heat stuff um, in the summer are probably like, well, three, four days, that's nothing. But the, the little trick games and stuff worked for about a day, maybe day and a half. And then Luda looked at us and he's like, dude, I need to burn some calories. Like this brain stuff is fun, but I need to burn calories. So then it was, okay, what do we do? And 
so what I started doing is we started playing in the house. Now, when I say playing in the house, I don't mean rough housing, being crazy, anything like that. Everything was still semi-structured. If you have stairs, you can play fetch. Use the stairs as fetch. You're adding not just run, run down a flat surface, go pick the thing up, bring it back to me. You're saying, hey, use those muscles to get down the stairs. Use those muscles to get up the stairs. And personally, um, I like the dog to run up the stairs if you can. If you can't do it, it's fine. Throw the ball downstairs. I like to throw the ball or throw the toy up the stairs and have the dog run up the stairs to get it and then come back down because typically coming back to you, they're slightly calmer. And when they leave you to go get the thing, they're super excited. I don't want a dog stumbling and falling down the stairs because they're running too fast to try and get the ball. I'd rather have them work really hard and work those muscles hard to climb the stairs. It's no different than climbing a hill really when it comes to muscles used and everything. But this is a good way to tire them out. You can play tug of war with them. You can do doggy push-ups with them, like sits and downs. Again, you're using their, you're working their brain, but you're also getting their body moving. You know, you can do um, kind of a hybrid where you could hide treats or something. You can teach your dog find it, so that the dog is is kind of trotting around the house, really working, 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 and that movement's going to start to physically tire them out, as well as the brain power of trying to figure out and sniff out where you hid the stuff. So there's a lot of things you can do. What I don't want you guys to do is just kind of get complacent and be like, you know what, meteorologist so-and-so said, well, we shouldn't go outside, so I guess everything is shut down. We have to keep in mind we have animals that are really dependent on us keeping them happy. They cannot just sit down and watch a movie. Yeah, the dog might look at the TV screen a couple times, tilt their head, super cute, but you know what, they're really not engaged in the movie, they don't care. You know, so, so I want you to think about what can I do? And this is something you should be proactive with. Think about it now and be ready for next time. What do I need to buy? What do I need to prepare? What can I do to make sure that when my dog is stuck in the house because they can't go anywhere, I'm able to optimize whatever time I'm able to put into it and exhaust them to whatever degree. And it's not going to be as perfect as, yeah, we run with our dogs or we take them in the backyard, throw the ball for a half hour. Maybe that won't tire them out quite as much, but you know what? You're keeping your dog under that cabin fever level that's going to just get you through it. We all just have to get through the crappy weather we deal with. Here in, in, in Minnesota from about December to Mm, what March the March things start to turn around a little bit December to March we're just getting through things yeah we like ice fishing and snowmobiling and, and all that stuff but really we like late spring we like summer we like fall and then winter comes you're like well okay sadly winter's with us for just too long don't tell my wife I said that uh, but you know, we just have to get through it. So having these plans in place are going to help you out a lot. So guys, you can always run a quick Google search on this if you need more help. If you guys are like, hey, I do have a new dog and or I just have a dog who needs a lot more training and you need help, check out our website on dogtrainingacademy.com. There you're going to be able to see our one-on-one -on -one coaching. That's all done virtually. Um, it's really slick. You're going to be able to, to watch me work with my dog, and then I will be able to coach you and watch you work your dog. It, it Aside from just being able to take the leash from you, it is almost as good, if not just as good, as the face-to-face -face stuff. So 
Check it out. One-on-one coaching, guys. You won't regret it. It's very helpful. Otherwise, we do have our course, Welcome Home. This is going to give you everything, not just the obedience. I'm talking environmental. We're talking you know, having a plan, setting up everything, uh, socializing, all these things. And you can check that out too on dogtrainingacademy.com. We have kind of a structured breakdown of what is in that course. It's a great course. We've had a lot of good compliments from people who have been using it. Check it out, guys. Hopefully this this episode was helpful for you as well. Check us out on our socials. Uh, we have our Learn, Laugh, Bark podcast Facebook page. We are on Instagram on, with OnDog as well as Facebook with OnDog. So check us out those. I will put uh, links to that stuff in the description of this episode. So guys, thank you so much for listening this week. I really hope your holidays went well. Let's see, Thursday, not quite New Year's. Hopefully, you, if, you, if you're listening to this before 2023... Well, hopefully you guys have a good new year. And um, I guess I could use the corny dad joke and say, well, hey, guys, we'll see you next year.